Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. America. I don't know why I opened the show this way. I really, really I really ah. don't know why you did either. I, I don't know why I did that. Um, You're, Jamie. What a patriot. Jamie Loftus. What? Jamie. Yeah. Huh? Hi. What? Hi. Hi. Is this a What's podcast? <laughs> yeah. It's like after all these years, yeah. it's a podcast. It's a podcast. It's a podcast. Sometimes. Like podcasting. I. I get on the phone to podcast and I think that I'm just talking to my friends, but then I remember that every relationship in my life is dominated by podcasting and I don't even know how to interact with people outside of the filter of a Zoom call anymore. That is incredibly accurate to how I feel. (laughs) I really, Mm -hmm. that's actually the saddest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Thank you, Jamie. Um, How are you doing? you said it to me like I was going to agree and I uh, I was I was terrible, and then I was great, and now I'm fine. Excellent. That sounds like a solid trajectory. That's a good little hero's journey. That's like the uh, that's like the yeah. the Green Knight, more or less. I didn't see that movie. It looked long. <gasps> it is. It is. But it's quite a film. I, <laughs> I would not see a movie over uh, an hour and uh, forty minutes anymore. That's well, my heart out. You know what I don't recommend for short movies is Herbert West Reanimator or The Reanimator. Sorry, it was before the Herbert West one which was a, a Halloween movie I loved and then rewatched this Halloween. And it was really, really great up until one re- one really horrifying scene that I had kind of forgotten. I've seen was, Reanimator before. It's got some amazing stuff in it if you're a horror movie fan. And then there is an incredibly mm-hmm. uncomfortable sexual assault scene um, um, now, uh, that is, that like, always... really bad. Like, really bad. <laughs> 
Wow, thank you. I think we're opening this episode in a really strong, powerful, thank and you. focused way. Yeah. I want to recommend a horror movie to you. Oh, I. I'll, if it's I'll, Midsummer, I'll sh- I'm not going to listen. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Okay. I only watch Midsummer to get uh, all horny for Will Poulter, and then I turn it off sure. after he dies. Of course, um, but <laughs> that's a reasonable but, thing for a person to say. Absolutely. When the person that I want to have sex with dies, I turn off the movie because yeah. it's boring yeah, after that. It's a, it's a very healthy um, way to go through life. Thank you so much. Okay. So the movie, which I will show you at some point is called pin. Uh, okay. Have you heard of pin? No. So pin pin is a, it's about a, uh, a pediatrician who has like a life size medical dummy sitting in his office. Oh, this doesn't seem like it's going a good place. The pediatrician, the only way it's like a psychological thriller. It's not really that gory, but the pediatrician, the only way that he can communicate with emotional honesty with his children is by making a little ventriloquist ventriloquist voice for the dummy and so the ventriloquist dummy gives the kids sex ed the ventriloquist dummy does all this stuff and then um (laughs) and then one of the kids thinks that the ventriloquist dummy whose name is pin is real and then pin starts to like control his thoughts and actions and then there's a scene where a nurse has sex with pin but he's just a dummy Okay. Uh, it's the greatest movie I've ever seen. Yeah, I'm not doing is, it justice. That that uh, that sounds like quite a film, Jamie. That sounds like quite a film. Um, a nurse has sex with Pin, Robert. And that, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I mean that definitely does sound like a scene that would make me have very specific um, physical reactions. And the best know? part about that scene is that the nurse never comes back, and it's never addressed in the movie again. It's oh, kind that of a now mess. that now you're speaking See, the language, the language of right, shoddy like, filmmaking. Something horrible happens and then you just canonically have to forget in order to watch the rest of the movie. No, I'm on board with that. And, you know, Jamie, now that you mention quitting a movie as soon as the person you want to have sex with dies, that may explain why I've never made it past the halfway point in the first Star Wars movie. Really? Wow. Oh, yeah. Once Alec Guinness is out of the picture, why even keep watching, you know? See? Well, yeah. You're like, well, the hottest person is gone. Mm-hmm. I don't want to... Not a single uh, fuckable uh, face in the rest of that film. <laughs> no. Bunch of uggos. Uh, <laughs> Jamie, so, you yeah. know who else is but, a bunch of uggos? Oh, that was oh, so perfect. the transition. We did it. It's so perfect. The people who run Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. It is, it is. We're talking today about the Facebook papers, which is, uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more in detail, but an enormous cache of internal Facebook documents that just got leaked, revealing a tremendous amount of fucked up shit. And mm. I think we have to start with the uncomfortable situation that is everybody talking shit about how Mark Zuckerberg looks like an android. I feel so mixed about it because on one hand, I'm yes, I'm bored. I'm bored the of thing, it, honestly. The thing that's bad about him is not his appearance, but also, yes, he does. He does hit the uncanny valley. Huh. There's something missing in his eyes. Look, there's something, and th- and that's Ivy League boy syndrome, yes. right? Like that's not just him. That's anyone who who the, graduates the from Harvard. The sunscreen photo haunts true. us all. <laughs> Uh, yes. <laughs> I truly, I mean, even though we did just refer to the entire cast of Star Wars one as a bunch of uggos, I oh, yeah. uh, Hideous. do feel that it like the worst, the the most lazy thing you mm-hmm. can do is is go after how someone looks when there yes. are so many other evil facets of him. I will agree that there is no light in his eyes. Mm-hmm. There's, there's certainly no, no light in his eyes. There's nothing like the pupils are very. There's not. 
that little thing that's supposed to be there is not there. Yeah, he could watch a kitten get murdered and it would just be a dial tone inside his soul. He looks like a character from the Polar Express. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He looks he looks like Herbert West from the movie Reanimator, but less charismatic. See, now I have to check that. He looks I, like Pin. Look up Pin. I'm not going to look up Pin. You so gotta look up Pin. At this point in the history of the show, Jamie, we've recorded uh-huh. a lot of podcast episodes about Facebook. You have been there for what three of them? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I forget. I forget entirely how many episodes we did on Facebook. We did three episodes on like the creation of Facebook and its kind of a brief a list of its crimes. I think we did at least one follow up, maybe two follow ups. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've mentioned Facebook fuckery, fuckery in episodes of like it could happen here and worst year ever. Facebook is personal mm-hmm. to me for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, a number of people who helped raise me have slowly lost their grip on reality in the face of viral propaganda spread via, via Facebook's engagement algorithm. And that's kind of Same. bummed me out. Um, yeah. And, and number two, my friends and I all lost our jobs in the company we built for a decade due to the fact that Facebook told criminal lies about video metrics yes. uh, that they have currently been fined $40 million for, uh, which also and it frustrated like you're me. you're actually over it. It sounds like you're really over it. And you've, you know, I, I, we've talked about this. I don't know if it was on mic or not, but yeah, I, I also yeah. lost my job to that. Yeah. Algorithm. I mean, we worked at the same place. Yeah. <laughs> at and least one I of also them. Yeah. Worked at, like, yeah. I mean, they all the whole industry went up in flames. It's so sense. I'm and still I'm still mad about it. Yeah, I am mad about it. Even though like things have been going fine, great for me career wise. Um, it's just like it's kind Can of bullshit. It's, yeah. it's kind oh, of frustrating. Sorry. There oh, used sorry, to be. Sophie, did you catch that? Robert's career is going great. Yeah, I, it is going my, great, in, Jamie. In my head, yeah. I went, "You're yeah. welcome." I'm a human yeah. rocket ship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Iggy Pop of talking about Facebook. You're welcome. Um, it is kind of nice that we all just had to pivot to like, okay, you can still talk about what you're passionate about, but just no one has to look at you anymore. And I'm like, that's actually not the worst thing that's ever Ideal, happened to me. Really, and in know? my case, it was like, you don't have to write articles. You just have to talk on a microphone, which involves writing an article, but I don't know. <laughs> They're easier. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You can like you can really have a series of bullet points and be like, well, you just don't have to we'll edit anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that's what it. That's what we. That's what we got rid of in this pivot to podcasting. Okay, Editors, you know we're now all I'm we're all greenwalding a little bit. Yeah. It all worked out, but you know, but also. QAnon, uh, stealing yeah, all of Yeah, QAnon, the fact that there will soon be death squads roving many of our neighbors. Like, there's there's downsides to it too. You know. Um, for sure. But, but then also meta, you know, and so then there's, yeah, meta. Thank God we're getting meta. We'll be talking about meta at some point. Um, but okay. yeah, like it's it's Facebook's bad. I don't like Facebook. Um, but in one of those episodes, and I forget which of those episodes, I said something along the lines of at this point, there's no moral case for remaining employed by Facebook. Um, and mm. earlier this year, a Facebook employee named Frances Hogan came to the same conclusion on her own. Rather than jump out with her stock options or whatever perks she'd accrued and then get another tech industry job, which is what a lot of people do. I know people who have, who have done this when they were like, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook's kind of fucked up. I'm just going to go hop to another company and make even more money. Uh, Instead of doing that, Francis spent weeks painstakingly photographing internal... Facebook has its own internal communications network that is patterned off of Facebook, but it's for like the corporate, the, the, the employees to use. Um, that's depressing. Well, I mean, it's, it's like, it's like Slack, but probably more all consuming and soul destroying. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. But she, I uh, I, there's I, like nothing worse. I mean, personality wise, I, I can't stand someone who's like really killing it on Slack. That's one of my mm-hmm. least favorite, uh, traits in a person is if they're, if they're really giving it a hundred ten percent on Slack. I'm like, just, I'm, I'm asleep. I hate it. No. I mean, Sophie barely hears from me when we need to work, let alone when we don't need to work. That's, I'm like, just text me when I'm late. That's don't... 100% not true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. So rather than, you know, take the money and run. So she gets in this like internal communications app that Facebook has. And because they have protections about like, because like they know that th- this is a risk. People leaking internal documents is a risk. They have like security things set up. And to get past them, she just photographs a bunch of internal documents on her phone. Um, a huge, like she gets a lot of shit. Uh, and then she then leaks those files to several news agencies and our good friends at the SEC. Uh, this mm-hmm. week, we're going to go through some of those documents and all of the damning shit they reveal. The first and Ooh. perhaps most important revelation is this. Many Facebook employees understand that their company is a force for evil. Some of them have vowed to fix it from the inside. Others are convinced the evil is outweighed by some nebulous good. But at the core of it, they know that what they're a part of is problematic, and a lot of them hate themselves for it. You can really see that coming across in some of these conversations. (laughs) Evidence Ah. of the... Yeah, it's good stuff. Don't you love... Yeah. Yeah, when human beings compromise the the very nature of their soul uh, in the in seeking profit. Yeah, and then and then you know you watch the you watch the light leave their eyes, and then you're supposed to feel bad for them. <laughs> uh, evidence of the struggle over the soul of Facebook can be found in the reactions of employees to the growth of the Black Lives Matter movement after the murder of George Floyd in 2020 by a cop. That June, mm-hmm. as protests reached their height, a Facebook employee posted a message to the company Racial Justice. Chat- Board stating, get Breitbart out of news tab. He was enraged at the fact that the far-right publisher was pushing disinformation about violence at protests and included screen grabs of Breitbart articles with titles like Minneapolis Mayhem, Massive Looting, Buildings in Flames, Bonfires, exclamation point, and BLM protesters pummel police cars. I wonder how much more attention they paid the police cars than the man who was choked to death by a cop. Anyway, good stuff, Breitbart. Good journalism. Nailing it. This employee claimed that these articles were part of a concerted effort by Breitbart and other right-wing media sites to, quote, paint black Americans and black-led movements in a negative way. He argued that none of those hyper-partisan sites deserve to be highlighted by the Facebook News tab. So Facebook's news tab consists of two tiers of, of content providers, right? It's just like the tab that tells you what's going on in the world. And all of the people whose stories get in there have been vetted to some extent by Facebook. So there's a first tier of big publishers like the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, like the, the big dogs. And they get paid. Facebook gives them money to be a part of the news tab. And then there is mm-hmm. a second tier of news sites who are not paid but did have to get vetted as a reliable news source for Facebook to put them on their news tab. And Breitbart is in that latter tier, uh, which means Facebook isn't giving them money directly, but is institutionally pumping a shitload of of, like traffic towards their propaganda and throwing a lot of their propaganda out into people's news feeds. In their public facing statements, Facebook claims to only include sites on their news tab who do quality news reporting. Sites that repeatedly share disinformation, it claims, are banned. This functions on a strike system. In July of 2020, President Trump tweeted a Breitbart video claiming, you don't need a mask to protect 
protect against COVID-19. The video also spread misinformation about hydroxychloroquine. Despite the fact that this video clearly violated Facebook's stated standards, it was able to reach millions of people through the news tab before Facebook took it down. From the Wall Street Journal. Okay. According to Facebook's fact-checking rules, pages can be punished if they acquire too many strikes, meaning they published content deemed false by third-party fact-checkers. It requires two strikes within 90 days to be deemed a repeat offender, which can result in a user being suspended from posting content. More strikes can lead to reductions in distribution and advertising revenue. In a town hall, Mr. Zuckerberg said Breitbart wasn't punished for the video because that was its only infraction in a 90-day period, according to internal no. chats described to describe it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> that seems wrong, right? Knowing Breitbart That's that they would have one strike right. in 90 days. Yeah. That's so, I mean, and, and was the reason that that video reached so many people before it was taken down, was that just like a delay in fact checking? Does that mean that a certain number of people need to like, no, I mean, Trump tweeted it and it spread and Facebook didn't want to take it down until it had, it had already kind of made them some money. I think I also think it's just like, they don't put a lot of work into checking on this stuff. They don't, they don't want to piss it. We're talking about all this, but like, they also just don't want to like, piss any conservatives off. Like there's a lot of things going into why this stuff is not in fact sure. vetted to any degree. Now, Ugh. you express surprise at the fact that that Breitbart only had one strike in 90 days. Let's talk I about did. why. Yeah. Okay. So thanks to Francis Hoggins' leaked documents, we now know that Breitbart was one of the news sites Facebook considered managed partners. These sites are part of a program whereby the social network pairs handlers who work at Facebook with the website. These handlers give Facebook a back channel to sites that spread disinformation, which allows them to have content removed or altered without giving the content maker a strike. So in other words, mm-hmm. they put out the content. It gets viewed millions of times. Facebook, one employee likes messages and editor and says like, hey, you need to change this now. It gets changed after it's spread around and they avoid a strike and thus stay on the news tab. Oh, okay. that's a good so way to do like it. A- back channel. Yeah. That's so dark. Okay. I mean, that I, I, I guess if you're looking for a way to keep misinformation up, that is a logical way to go about it. Yeah. 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 Ugh. They do All a right. perfect job. So, so, actual... so you're saying that Breitbart is accurate. Right? Yes, uh, perfectly accurate. That is what we always yeah. say about Breitbart. And Andrew Breitbart, okay. a man who did not do cocaine to, until he died. Um, Talk so, about someone who's <laughs> who's got light in his eyes and a fire not in his Not anymore, heart. he doesn't. So no. <laughs> actual strikes were automatically escalated for review by senior Facebook executives who could decide to overturn the punishment and remove a strike. Through these methods, Facebook's strike system for spreading disinformation actually proved to be nothing at all. Any sufficiently large right-wing website was given numerous opportunities to avoid strikes without being delisted. This was a problem that went further than Breitbart, as the Wall Street Journal reports. In an internal memo, the engineer said that he based his assessment in part on a queue of three dozen escalations that he had stumbled onto, the vast majority of which were on behalf of conservative content producers. A summary of the engineer's findings was posted to an internal message board. One case he cited regarding pro-Trump influencers Diamond and Silk, third-party fact-checkers rated as false, a post on their page that said... That sounds like... Porn stars. Wait, Diamond and Silk? Oh, do you not know about Diamond and Silk? Oh, no. they are. Are they banned? They're not great. No, no, but they're bad. <laughs> they, they're they not, not nice people, not good people. Okay. Um, okay. 
So they got, yeah, uh, fact checkers rated fa- uh, false a post, a post that Diamond and Silk made stating, how the hell is allocating $25 million in order to give a raise to House members that don't give a damn about Americans going to help stimulate America's economy? When uh-huh. fact checkers rated that post false, a Facebook staffer involved in the partner program argued that there should be no punishment, noting the publisher has not hesitated going public about their concerns around alleged anti-conservative bias on Facebook. So this is a pretty minor case, but it shows what's going on there. They post something that's not accurate. This raise is not something that's like going through. Um, and fact checkers flag it as inaccurate, which should mean it gets removed. But then someone right. at Facebook is like, if we remove it, they're going to yell about us removing their post and it's going to be a pain in the ass for us. So just like, fuck it. Yeah, I, I, this is I feel like this is always the um, the route that Facebook goes is, is just like this big, gigantic, bureaucratic style uh, operation that people uh, do shitty things so that they're not inconvenienced or yelled at by someone else. Like it's all so insidious and also so boring at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's the consequences that aren't boring. Um, And to some extent, this is true of a lot of the worst things in history. There were an awful lot of, uh, of men in totalitarian societies who signed effectively or literally the death warrants of their fellow man because like, mm-hmm. well, otherwise it's going to be a real pain in the ass for me. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, my, de- my day at the office is going to be terrible. Uh, I don't want to take this to the boss. I don't want to escalate this. <laughs> yeah, just kill them. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is so I like the, the most evil stuff is done in a very slow and boring way. I feel like it's just because if you can get people to, you know, fall asleep, you can get away with fucking murder. Like literally. Yep. It's good stuff. Um, Loving these papers, Robert. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, they're very fun. So yeah. Diamond and Silk were able to lobby the third party fact checker into changing the rating <laughs> on their article down from to partly false. Uh, and with the help of the managed okay. partner escalation process, all of their strikes were removed. Um, the chat conversations that the journal reviewed showed that inside the company, Facebook employees repeatedly demanded that higher ups explain the allegations. Quote, we are apparently providing hate speech policy consulting and consequence mitigation services to select partners, wrote one employee. Leadership is scared of being accused of Bias wrote another. Hmm. So that seems bad. That doesn't right? seem good. Now that I'm seems like the root of a lot of problems we've been having as a society. Them like, well, conservatives are loud when they're angry, so let's just let them lie and try so to get like, people sh- killed. Sh- 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 go to sleep. Go to Not sleep. Not the Demon and Silk was doing that in that case, but that that's a thing in right wing <sighs> media. Now, when you're saying, I don't know what to picture when you say Diamond and Silk. So at first, I was picturing. Porn stars. Then no. I was picturing um, a, a hair metal band. They and look now more like gospel two, singers. I was picturing two Springer Spaniels most recently, and I think I'll stay there. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. You should. You should look them up. Um, okay. Yeah, they're 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 two musicians who like have posed with Trump and have like a. Uh, I think they're on TikTok. They're just like right wing media influencers, and they're 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 not they're not great people. Um, In a farewell memo to colleagues in late 2020, one member of Facebook's integrity team, um, and the integrity team, their job is to reduce harmful behavior on the platform, uh, complained that Mm -hmm. Facebook's tolerance for Breitbart stopped them from effectively fighting hate speech. Quote, we make special exceptions to our written policies for them, and we even explicitly endorse them by including them as trusted partners in our core products. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's it's bad. And you can see, like, there's this constant, with the Facebook papers revealed, there's this constant seesaw and and aggressive between the integrity team, the people whose job is to reduce 
the harm the site does and everyone else mm-hmm. whose only real job is to increase engagement on the site, right? That is how you get your bonus. That is how you get the kudos from the boss is keeping people on the site for longer. So most of right. Facebook, that is their job. And a small number of people, their job is to try and make sure the site doesn't contribute to an ethnic cleansing. And the ethnic cleansing people, like the people trying to stop that, the best way to do that is always going to be to do things that cut down on engagement with the site. And so they nearly always yeah. lose the fights they have with everybody else. Um, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's great. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That is mm-hmm. the scariest extension of that logic. Yep. Yep. One thing we know, thanks to the Facebook papers, is that the social network launched a study in 2019 to determine what level of trust its users had in different media organizations. Out of dozens of websites across the U.S. and U.K., Breitbart was dead last. Facebook themselves rated it as low quality, which again, based on the company's own claims about how they decide who to include in the news tab, would disqualify Breitbart. And guess what? Breitbart is still a trusted Facebook partner. Oh, hey, what's this unrelated news clip from a November 2021 Washington Post article doing in my script? Quote, Breitbart is the most influential producer of climate change denial posts on Facebook, according to a report released Tuesday that suggests a small number of publishers play an outsized role in creating content that undermines climate science. Good shit, right? Wow. That's rad. Still number one after all these years. What a treat. Isn't that good? Isn't that a good thing? Well, Isn't Robert, that a good that thing? Means that they haven't said two inaccurate things in the last 90 days, which I find no, to be never. completely believable. That's never. Facebook's terror Jeez. at the thought of offending conservatives by cracking down on hate speech and rampant disinformation started, I, I don't know if it started, but it really, it really hit the ground running in 2016 during the only election that was even worse than this last election. In May of that year, Gizmodo wrote an article reporting that Facebook's trending topics list suppressed conservative views. A handful of Mm ex-employees made claims that seemed to back these allegations up. Now reporting later in the year by NPR, it made it clear that this was bullshit. Quote, NPR called up half a dozen technology experts, including data scientists who have special access to Facebook's internal metrics. The consensus, there is no statistical evidence to support the argument that Facebook does not give conservative views a fair shake. But truth never matters when you're arguing with conservatives. They needed a reason to threaten Facebook with reg- regulation, etc. And when Trump won later that year, the social network decides these threats may have teeth. And so we're going to spend the next four years allowing them to say whatever the fuck they want, no matter how racist, no matter how conspiratorial, no matter how many shootings it may help to inspire, no matter how, no matter how many shootings may be live streamed on the platform, like the Christchurch shooting, um, yeah, we're going to let famously. it all in. All okay. in. Because, okay. yeah. Why? Yeah. Because yeah. money? Well, because otherwise they'll get engagement? yelled at and maybe regulated. Oh, right. The conservatives okay, will get angry. I don't want the conservatives to get angry. The funny thing is, there's no stopping them from getting angry, right? You know how this works. I know how this works. They're going to be angry and they're going to claim bias no matter what, which is what they do. And so as Facebook gives them a free pass and their content is consistently the most influential stuff on the entire site, allegations Mm -hmm. of anti-right-wing bias continue to spread. Even though, again, like eight to nine out of the ten top shared posts on any given day are from right-wing media. But you know what's not from right-wing media, Jamie? What? All these products and services that you're not I mean, at you all. Can't be sure. You can't be not sure. Not at all. Not at all. You no, we, sure. we have a different we have a different brand of brain pills than the ones Alex Jones sells. Oh, you have and ours have less than half the lead. Brain pills. Oh, less good, than good. half the lead. That is the that is a okay. promise, Jamie. However okay. much lead right. you think a pill should have, it's less than that because we care. Oh, I'll, I'll take your sick little centrist brain pill. See if I care. 
Take, I'll start take, watch, I could start watching MSNBC at any moment. Okay. Take brain cooked. Get brain <laughs> cooked. Uh, here's some other products. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild mini-games. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. Wow, how have I been living like this? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless, when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Wow, how have I been affording this? It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash behind. That's mintmobile.com slash behind. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash behind. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. All right, so we're back. Okay, so we're back. So we're back. In 2018. Are things going to get happy? Are things going to get happy? Are things going to get funny? Not really. Okay, just checking. Yeah, no, that's not really. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg will like, I don't know, fall down a manhole someday. Maybe if we're lucky. Oh, that That would would be be funny. 
That would be funny. That would be great. In 2018, a Facebook engineer claimed on an internal message board that the company was intolerant of his beliefs. The reality is almost certainly that his co-workers found him to be an obnoxious bigot. I say this because he left the company shortly thereafter and hit the grifting circuit, showing up on Tucker Carlson's show. He just, he does the thing that like, you remember 2018, 19, a bunch of these guys were like leaving big tech companies and like going on the Alex Jones show. Uh, there was yeah. one guy who left Google and claimed, like brought a bunch of leaks, but they weren't anything because it was never anything about people being like, this guy kind of seems like he sucks. <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> Those press tours were, yeah, mm-hmm. that was truly, that feels like it was 10 years ago, but yeah, it was. Wow. It was funny because like, I think the first one of these dudes did all right money wise, but after that, like the spigot dried up. And so they were just like detonating <laughs> their careers in the tech industry for nothing. <laughs> Going to which work I for kind of, Gab afterwards. Yeah. It was really fun to watch. <laughs> After the 2016 election, and I apologize for the rate that we're jumping around here on the timeline, but it's unavoidable, Uh, Facebook became the subject of bad PR from the left as well. The Cambridge Analytica scandal broke, and the outrage in the wake of Trump's election meant that Facebook was being pressured to do something about bigotry and disinformation spreading on their platform. At the same time, the Republicans are in charge now, so they can't actually do anything, otherwise they'll be attacked for being biased and maybe regulated. So they tested a couple of different changes. One was a tool called Sparing Sharing, which sought to reduce the reach of hyperposters. Hyperposters are exactly what they sound like. These are users that had been shown to mostly share false and hateful information, and so reducing their virality was seen as potentially helpful. This seems like a sensible change, right? Oh, these people are are sharing at an incredible rate, and it's all violent trash. Let's reduce the number of people who see their stuff. Right. Shadow I, mean, ban, I guess that that basically. is like a, that's a that's a real band aid just to be like okay we're gonna have them they can still share stuff but just less hateful stuff yeah like, and it's not less garbage it's not even a shadow ban because the shadow ban would imply right. that like you are actually reducing like artificially the spread you're no longer artificially inflating their reach okay. like because their stuff gets great engagement right because it pisses people off even though it's untrue it's like, and the algorithm yeah, the algorithm default is oh this pisses people off let's let's let everybody see what this asshole is saying and they're just being like yeah. well let's not do that for these specific assholes right that's all they're doing um it's yeah, not a ban nothing. it's a we're going to stop inflating these people's reach to the same extent that we were seems like a sensible right. change You know who disagreed with that, Jamie Loftus? Who, Robert Evans? Joel Kaplan, former deputy chief of staff to George W. Bush and Facebook head of public policy. Um, Famous right-wing shithead Joel Kaplan, who is huge at Facebook um, and is a major driving force behind, don't piss off conservatives. That's that's the guy that he is. That's his whole job. How there. are we supposed to work together if we're pissing off the conservatives? It actually it's a rising yep. tide. Right, mm. right, right, right. Like, yeah. Ugh. So Kaplan's like, most of these hyper posters are conservatives. This is this is, you know, unfair. And he convinces Zuckerberg to weaken, have his engineers weaken the tool so that they do kind of reduce the influence that these hyper posters have, but not by as much as they wanted to. And it doesn't really seem to have much of an impact. As we will talk about later, this is still the way Facebook works. So however, to whatever extent they did reduce the harm, it was not by much. Another attempt is also like way too cool of a word to describe what that is, which is spreaders of hate speech why give them a cool name like that yeah why give them a cool name like that um although i don't know that might have that sounds like something we might have said as like an insult to uh people when i was 
young and on the internet. You're a hyper poster. I, I don't oh, know. Dude, you're I, like that, hyper that posting cool. right now. You need to chill the fuck out. I'm picturing uh, someone sitting at their a filthy keyboard in a Power Rangers suit. Mm-hmm. That's a hyper I, poster. I am. I am imagining a filthy and the filthy Power Rangers sh- suit, Jamie. Oh, it's really dirty and it doesn't fit. It's no. either way too big or way too small. Yeah, they 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 have soiled themselves in it on more than one occasion. Um, well, because they can't stop posting, Robert. Because they're posting too much. It was it was not an accident. It was a choice they made in order to finish an argument. I'm gonna make an an oil painting of uh, that exact image. <laughs> Jamie. I swear to you, I will yeah. put that up in my living room. I will put it on my <gasps> roof like the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> really absolutely don't underestimate how much free time i have robert (laughs) i would never do that you work for the internet so Mm. another attempted tool to make facebook better was called informed engagement this was supposed to reduce the reach of posts that facebook determined were more likely to be shared by people who had not read them this rule was instituted and over time facebook noticed a significant decline in disinformation and toxic content they commissioned a study which is where the problem started from the wall street journal <laughs> I love the that study sentence. dubbed a political ideology analysis suggested the company had been suppressing the traffic of major far-right publishers even though that uh-huh. wasn't its intent according to the documents very conservative sites it found would benefit the most if the tools were removed with breitbart's traffic increasing an estimated 20 percent washington times <laughs> is 18%, Western Journal 16%, and Epic Times by 11%, according to the documents. The uh, study was designed... Why, that's why you yeah. never conduct a study, Robert. Yeah, yeah. It, they find basically, hey, if you don't let people... If you reduce the amount by which people share, like by, by which posts shared by people who have not read the article, if you if you yeah. make those spread less, Breitbart's traffic drops 20%. <laughs> like, God, I still, I still think that the, those like... Um, the tools that have developed over time to be like, are you sure you don't want to read the article are so mm-hmm. goofy. I, I do like when Twitter, um, I feel like they're like, I just picture like a little shaking person being like, oh, are, you, are you sure you don't want to uh, read that article <laughs> yeah. before you retweet it? What do yeah. you think? And I was like, I, no. <laughs> I felt so bad because there's been times when I've like retweeted, like shared my own articles that I've written. And because yeah. like... I, I wrote them. I didn't necessarily click the link before sharing. I just like woke up and I like shared it and it's like, are you sure you don't want to read this? And I, I just <laughs> clicked to share because it's like nine or 10 in the morning and I'm, I haven't had my coffee yet. But I feel bad even though it's like, well, I wrote the motherfucker. Like, I, I mean, know what's in there. I, usually by the time I share something, I have already read it. But I do. I, I think that that function, I think it has a good purpose and it like pings something in your brain that is useful. No, yeah, I think it is it, a good thing. Yeah. But it's just funny. It's this little Oliver twist that appears in front of you and it's like, are you sure you don't want to read the article before you share where you're following? <laughs> like, like, no, I'm good. I can read. It's all good. Would you like to maybe read the article before suggesting that an ethnic group be slaughtered for their crimes? <laughs> all right. <laughs> right. And that's where he really comes in handy is in those yeah. moments. Yeah. That guy shouldn't be British. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 study like the reason they conduct this study is in the hopes that it will like allow them to say that it's not biased but then it turns out uh-huh. that like I wouldn't call it biased but this change which is unequivocally a good thing 
impacts conservative sites, which are lower quality and more often shared by people who haven't read the articles but are incensed by a shitty, aggressive headline like the Breitbart ones we just read, those get shared a lot and they don't read the article, and that's great for Breitbart. Um, Mm -hmm. But they decided, like, oh, shit, actually – this study, the results of this study were absolutely going to be called out for bias. Uh, one of the researchers wrote in an internal memo, we could face significant backlash for having experimented with distribution at the expense of conservative publishers. So the company d- dumps this plan. They they kill it. Okay. This is bad for Breitbart. Good but, for the I world, mean, if it's bad d- for Breitbart. If it's bad for the Bart, uh, we gotta mm-hmm. we gotta can the plan. Bad for the Bart, gotta can the you plan. You have always said that. I work that. at Facebook. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was yeah. saying that at meetings. You are Cheryl Sandberg, actually. Not a lot of people know that. Um, yeah, I. You know, listen, I've we all I've have made a side hustle. Of a it's couple fine. hundred dollars off of yeah. making fun of Cheryl. Sandberg. <laughs> you sure have. <laughs> yeah. So th- the good news is that Facebook didn't just make craven decisions when threatened with the possibility of being called out for bias. They were also craven whenever a feature promised to. Improve the safety of their network at the cost of absolutely any profitability. In 2019, Facebook researchers opened a study into the influence of the like button, which is one of the most basic and central features of the entire platform. Unfortunately, as we'll discuss in more detail later, likes are one of the most toxic things about Facebook. Researchers found that removing the like button, along with removing emoji reactions from posts on Instagram, reduced, quote, stress and anxiety felt by the youngest users on the platform, who all reported significant anxiety due to the feature. But Facebook also found that hiding the like button reduced the rate at which users interacted with posts and clicked on ads. So now this is more of, yeah. Yeah, no, this is, I will say, more of a mixed bag than the last thing, because removing the like didn't, like... It, it made one group of young people feel better, um, but not other groups of young people. Like it didn't reduce, it reduced like kids social anxiety, but it didn't have as much of an impact on teens really. So it's not as clear cut okay. as the last one, um, but still a protective effect had been That's found among the most vulnerable people on Instagram in particular. Um, but they don't, they don't do anything about it because, uh, you know, <sighs> that's so frustrating. It's bad it's like, for that is money. Genuinely very, very valuable interesting information where mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I I feel like it probably didn't affect teenagers because that by that point, it's like, I mean, you don't want to say like too late, but by that point, you're so hardwired to be like, well, I can tell what is important or like what is worth discussing based on mm-hmm. likes. And once that that's just such a sticky, I mean, I still feel that way, even though it's like you can objectively know it's not true. But once you've been kind of pilled in that way it's it's very hard to undo yep yeah it's um i don't know what it is jamie uh it's not great um upsetting (laughs) that's that's what it is you killed it (laughs) yeah it's not great uh so as time went on research made it increasingly clear that core features of facebook products were fundamentally harmful from buzzfeed quote Time and again, they determined that people misused key features or that those features amplified toxic content, among other effects. In August, in an August 2019 internal memo, several researchers said it was Facebook's core product mechanics, meaning the basics of how the product functioned, that had let misinformation and hate speech flourish on the site. The mechanics of our platform are not neutral, they concluded. So there's Facebook employees recognize internally we are making decisions that are allowing hatred and other and and just unhealthy toxic content to spread and we're not the bias is not in us fighting it our bias is in refusing to fight it like we are not being neutral because we're letting this spread the people making the site work recognize this they talk about it to each other um it it makes it they feel guilt over it 
they talk about it. You know, we know this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we've discussed that before of just like the existential stress of working at Facebook. Not the most yeah. sympathetic problem in the world, but not like, at all. Because yeah, a lot of them are making a, bank. But yeah, yeah. Clear paper trail, though, of uh, deep existential g- guilt and distress. Yep. Now, uh, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So rather than expanding their tests uh, on the impact of removing the like button on a broader scale, Mark Zuckerberg and other executives agreed to allow testing only on a much more limited scale, not to reduce harm, but to, quote, build a positive press narrative around Instagram. So not so, not to actually help human beings. No, but, we, but, but to give us something to brag about, right? For him to be like, right, I'm right. such, I'm, we're so nice. We're so cool. Yeah. Look at how fucking rad we are. Ugh, I'm the guy not, who made yeah, a yeah, Mark, site to Zuckerberg stalk with girls. with the fucking dated slang. He's going to be like, yeah, this is going to be, uh, we got to get some lit press around Instagram. Mm-hmm, know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, in three years, someone's going to tell him the word poggers, and then he's going to say it like 30 <laughs> times in a week. <laughs> <laughs> to all of his imaginary alien friends on Meta, he's gonna be like, "Yeah, that's Pog, bro." Fucking Mark Zuckerberg. I hate that so screaming much. into a void. In September of 2020, Facebook rolled out a study of the share button. This came in the wake of a summer of unprecedented political violence, much of it stoked via viral Facebook posts and Facebook groups. Uh, the shit at Kenosha started on Facebook in a lot of ways. Uh, yes, if you were tracking yeah. it that night, a hell of a lot of that shit got started on Facebook. A lot of the like, Absolutely. let's get a militia together and protect businesses, you know, it's mm-hmm. good stuff. Company researchers identified reshare aggregation units, which were automatically generated groups of posts that you're uh, so they they identify one of the problems leading to all of this is what they called reshare aggregation units. And these were automatically generated groups of posts that were sent to you that were posts your friends liked. Right. And they recognize this is how a lot of this bad shit is spreading. So. Right. Right. That's creating a feedback loop on purpose. Yes. In part because users are much more likely to share posts that have already been liked by other people they know, even if those posts are hateful, bigoted, bullying, or contain inaccurate information. So if somebody gets the same post in two different ways, if they just like see a bigoted article pop up on their, on their, their Facebook feed, but they're not being informed that other people they know have liked it or shared it, they're less likely to share it than if like, well, my buddy shared it. So maybe now I have permission, right? And you can think about how this happens on like a societal level, how this has contributed to everything we're dealing with right now. Um, I feel like everyone knows someone who has probably was very, very influenced by that exact function. That's, oh God, that's awful. So company researchers in September of 2020 are like, these reshare aggregations, the fact that we don't have to do it this way, right? We can only yeah. show people that that articles that their friends comment on at the very least as opposed to just like or just share without much commentary like they have a number of options here that could at the very least reduce um um harmful content because whenever you like i think the number is like three times as likely to share content that's presented to them in this way so in mm-hmm. may of that year um while, you know, so this is actually months before Facebook researchers find this out. Myself and a journalist named Jason Wilson published uh, what I still think is the first proper forensic investigation into the Boogaloo movement. Um, it noted Flex. how the spread of the movement in its crucial early days was enabled entirely by Facebook's group recommendation algorithm, which was often spread to people by these reshare aggregation units. You'd see, oh, my buddy joined this group where everybody's sharing these like Hawaiian shirt photos and pictures of guns. Maybe I'll hop in there. And, you know. The, the cycle goes on from there. When you've joined one group, it sends you advice like, hey, check out this other group, check out this other group. And it starts with like, ah, we're, we're sharing memes about like Hawaiian shirts and, and you know, the Boogaloo. And then 
five or six groups down the line, you're making serious plans to assassinate federal agents or kidnap a governor, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that piece, uh, you know, I remember where I was when I read it because how steep the escalation is and how Mm -hmm. quickly it, like, it's... yeah. Not, I guess, not completely surprising, but at the time I was like, oh, that, that is a very short timeline yeah. from, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Robert, so what? I don't like it. I don't like it. It's not good. It's not, not good. good. And in fairness, um, there are actually some Facebook, like it kind of becomes accepted, the stuff that Jason and I were writing about in May by a lot yeah. of Facebook researchers around September of that year. But there were people within Facebook who actually tried to blow the lid on this earlier, um, in fact, significantly earlier. In mid-2019, an internal researcher created an experimental Facebook account, which is something that like certain researchers would do from time to time to see what the algorithm is feeding people. This experimental mm-hmm. account, account was a fake conservative mom. And they, they, they made this account because they wanted to see what the Ooh. recommendation algorithm would feed this account. And I'm going to read from BuzzFeed again here. Okay. The internal research, titled Carol's Journey to QAnon, detailed how the Facebook account for an <laughs> imaginary woman named Carol Smith had followed pages for Fox News and Sinclair Broadcasting. Within days, Facebook had recommended pages and groups related to QAnon, the conspiracy theory Carol. that falsely claimed Mr. Trump was he- facing down a shadowy cabal of Democratic pedophiles. By the oh, end of three Carol. weeks, Carol Smith's Facebook feed had devolved further. It became a constant flow of... Of misleading, polarizing, and low-quality content, the researcher wrote. Carol. Yeah, how did, yo, 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 so, so, so some, some, some jerk was like, let's call it Carol. Like, yep. they, they Carol well, stereotype. I mean, statistically, yeah. not unlikely that it could, it could have been a Carol. That is, I mean, that, that's interesting that we also all know a Carol. We do, we do, know, we do Carol. all know a yeah. Carol. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. They're so all, they're in they're in the they're the Dunkin' Donuts drive-through. I, I I walk among them. Yeah, we they 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 live among us. They're they are in the drive-through, and you um, walk among them. That's so funny. <laughs> you eat hot Those dogs next to them. Those are, mm-hmm. are my people. Yeah, we're in line. I think that hot dog eaters are are maybe uh, more politically uh, astute bunch. But the Dunkin' Donuts line is just absolute unmitigated chaos. Yeah, there could be. The politics of the Dunkin' Donuts line are all over the fucking place. They are. They are. You have anarchists in the line. You have have the scariest (laughs) people you've ever met in the line. You have Ben Affleck in the line looking like his entire family just died in a bus crash. Ben Affleck's (laughs) in the line and you can see his little dragon back piece. Oh my God. It's a phoenix, Jamie. Come on. Come on. I'm sorry. That was disrespectful. That was disrespectful. And you're right. And you're right. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. So... (laughs) This this study with this fake account that immediately gets radicalized, this study, yeah. uh, we, we it, it comes out in the Facebook papers, right, this year. But it was done in 2019. And when this year, like, information of this dropped and journalists start writing about it, um, mm-hmm. they do what journalists do, which is you, you, you put together your article and then you go for comment, right? And so the comment that Facebook made about this uh, experiment that this researcher did in 2019 was, while this was a study of one hypothetical user, it is a perfect example of research the company does to improve improve our systems and helped inform our decision to remove QAnon from the platform. That did not happen until January of this year. Oh. (laughs) 
They didn't do also, shit for two years after this. They only did also, shit because people stormed the fucking Capitol waving QAnon banners. You motherfuckers. I mean, sounds like them. Sounds and, like them. They're like, oh, let's wait until things get so desperately bad that the company yeah. will be, you know, severely impacted if we don't yeah. do something. Yeah. A yeah. huge amount of the of the radicalization. QAnon gets supercharged by the lockdowns, right? Because suddenly all these people, like a lot of them are in financial distress. They're locked in their fucking houses. They're online all the goddamn time. And they knew mm-hmm. they could have dealt with this problem and reduced massively the number of people who got fed this poison during the lockdown if they'd done a goddamn thing in 2019. They had the option. They did not. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, so, uh, no, no surprises here. Yep. Uh, but, that you know, researcher, on the bright side, nothing yep. bad happened, right? It, I mean, it did what, not. Name one it did bad not. thing that happened. Well, all of 2020 happened, actually, oh, and was pretty heavily shit. tied to this. Uh, okay. In August of 2020, that researcher left the company. She wrote an exit note where she accused the company, Facebook, of, quote, knowingly exposing users to harm. We've known for over a year now that our recommendation systems can very quickly lead users down a path to conspiracy theories and groups. In the meantime, the fringe group slash set of beliefs has, gr- has grown to national prominence with QAnon congressional candidates and QAnon hashtags in groups trending on the mainstream. Out of fears for, out of fears over potential public and policy stakeholder responses, we are knowingly exposing users to risks of integrity harms. During the time that we've hesitated, I've seen folks from my hometown go further and further down the rabbit hole. It has been painful to observe. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And it, yep. I mean, it, it, it is, I mean, no. Yep. Yeah. No arguments there. It is very and painful it, to observe that happen to people who are not. And that's a, yeah. That's a Facebook employee who's not going to get any shit from me. Um, she identified the mm. problem. She did good research to try to make clear what the problem was. And when she realized that her company was never going to take action on this because it would have reduced their profits, she fucking leaves. And she she does everything she can to let people know how unacceptable the situation is yeah. from within the company, you know? Uh, that's um, good. I mean, that is good. I'll, I'll, that's I'll what, that, that there, is the minimum. Like, that is the oh, minimum, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is a little silly to be like, and I just recently realized that I don't think Facebook is ethical. You're like, okay, You're like, bro. shut up. No I, way, I don't, and I don't know when this person started, but like, you yeah. Got there. You they, got they, there. She got there and she's clearly horrified by what she uh, like realized the company was doing. Like, I, again, we've all been where she is, where you just see these people you grew up with lose their goddamn minds. Um, yeah. And it's bad. It's real bad. And then you're like, oh, and I'm, uh, I'm, and and I'm I work at the here. nucleus at the pro- of the mm-hmm. problem. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why I had to w- quit working at Purdue Pharmaceuticals. Yeah. I know that I do was miss really the free hard for you. I know. I know. I know. I know. I, know. All those I was a great salesman. Oh. You were so good. Yeah. You know who they, plays at Purdue Pharmaceuticals salesman? Who? Or no, maybe it's not Will Poulter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. You know who yeah. didn't is Alec Guinness because he never loved, he never lived to see opiates um, become what they are today. <laughs> tragic. Wow, that's tragic. so sad. He never so lived sad. to taste the sweet taste of tramadol or Dilaudid. And we don't talk about that enough. We don't talk about that enough. What a shame. No. In what a heartbreaking. essay, I will. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what if Alec Guinness had access to high quality pharmaceutical grade painkillers? An essay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would have been sweet. <laughs> I'm pitching it. I'm pitching it. Oh, okay. Um, someone who's better at movies than I could have made a train spotting joke there. Because Ewan McGregor in the, in the heroin movie, then he played Obi-Wan. 
I don't know. There's some joke there, but I didn't come up with it. Okay. Someone, yeah, someone figure that out in the Reddit and then don't tell us about it. Do not tell us because I've never seen train spotting. I'm just aware that Owen McGregor is on heroin. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. But like, you know what it's about. I'm so relieved. Yeah, I know what it's about. I also get so stressed out when I, anytime, it's not often, but anytime I've had to say Ewan McGregor's name, I say it so weird. It's, and it's so the worst wrong. thing in the world. <laughs> Saying Ewan McGregor's name is the most frightening experience a human can have in 2021. I can't, I can't, I can't make my mouth make that shape. It's no, embarrassing. No, no. I think what he has to live with. Thankfully, he's gorgeous. That must make it easier. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, being sexy has to help. It has to help. We As the 20, him. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know who does know how to pronounce Ewan McGregor's name and never feels any anxiety over it? Because they're friends. They hang out on the weekend. Oh, nice. Who Who's that? The products and services that support this podcast are all wow. good buddies with Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor hangs out with the Highway Patrol. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Countless crazy tournaments you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Constantly changing challenges like money sprees or treasure hunts that keep it fresh with new wild minigames. Timed events offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums, delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches, unique playing pieces, and so much more. The verdict is in with Monopoly Go. There's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now for free on the App Store and Google Play. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Oh, we are back. 
As the 2020 election grew nearer, disinformation continued to proliferate on Facebook, and the political temperature in the United States rose ever higher. Facebook employees grew concerned about the wide variety of worst-case scenarios that might result if something went wrong with the election. They put together a series of emergency break-glass measures. These would allow them to automatically slow or stop the formation of new Facebook groups if the election was contested. This was never stated, but you get the feeling they were looking at Kenosha and how Facebook groups had led to spontaneous and deadly militia groups to form up due to viral news stories. My interpretation is that they were terrified of the same sort of phenomenon that it would lead to Facebook like fueling a civil war. Like I think they were literally worried that like something will go wrong, people will form militias on Facebook and there will be a gunfight that a shitload of people die and that escalates to something worse and everyone will say it started on Facebook because that happened in Kenosha. Like this is not a the it happened I was, I was like, with the boogaloo stuff after yeah it happened several fair. times last year. That's a fair anxiety. We've seen it happen. Yeah. Oh my, okay. It was never okay. a mass exchange a of gunfire. Thank fucking God. Um, yeah. But they were, they thought they saw that possibility. This is the thing I was worried about the entirety of 2020. Um, right. um, and we got really close to it several times. I was there for a few of them. It sucked. Mm. Um, so they're worried about this and they start coming. They try to figure out like break, like emergency measures they can take to basically like shut all that shit down, like stop people from joining and making new Facebook groups if they have to. Right. If like it right. becomes obvious that something needs to be done. Um and yeah, so they, they, uh, yeah, uh, in September, Mark Zuckerberg wrote on an internal company post that his company had, quote, an obligate or a, had, had, quote, a responsibility to protect our democracy. He bragged about a voter registration campaign the social network had funded and claimed they'd taken vigorous steps to eliminate voter misinformation and block political ads, all with the stated goal of reducing the chances of violence and unrest. The election came and it went all right from Facebook's perspective. The whole situation. <laughs> It was too fluid and confusing in those early days after the election. You know, where we're getting the counts in. It's everything's down to the yeah. fucking wire. It was all too messy for there to be much in the way of violent on the ground action to occur while like that was getting sorted out because people just didn't know where's it going to land. Um, right. So they think, oh, we dodged a bullet. Everything was fine uh, because they're dumb. Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, the reality, of course, is that misinformation about election integrity spread immediately like wildfire. On November yeah. 5th, one Facebook employee warned colleagues that disinformation was filling the comments section of news posts about the election. The most incendiary and dangerous comments were being amplified by Facebook's algorithm to appear as the top comment on popular threads. On November 9th, a Facebook data scientist reported in an internal study that one out of every 50 views on Facebook in the United States and fully 10% of all views of political information on the site was content claiming the election had been stolen. 10% of Facebook's political posts are God. the election was stolen. Yeah. One out of 50 views on Facebook is someone saying the election's stolen. This shit's out of control. And presumably you know? everyone engaging to agree. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I honestly, honestly, I would have guessed that it would have been higher, uh, but yeah. but one in 10 is still that's There's a lot going on on Facebook. Yeah. The researcher noted there was also a fringe incitement to violence. And I would quibble over the word fringe because I don't think it was very fringe. Um, but otherwise, 10, the data is interesting. You know, like there's one, a lot one out of 10 people is not the fringe. Well, he's that's... saying the incitement to violence was a fringe of the posts claiming the election had been stolen. Um, oh, that's I garbage. disagree okay. with his interpretation of that based on my own amount of time that I spent looking through these same posts. But whatever, maybe we were looking at different posts. You know, there was a lot going on on Facebook in those days. People Facebook did not. 
Yeah, Facebook did not blow the whistle or sound the alarm or do anything but start canceling its emergency procedures. They were like, we get it. The critical period's over. Everything's going to be fine and dandy, yeah. baby. Um, they thought the danger of post-election violence was over. And most of all, they thought that if they took action to stop the reach of far-right propaganda users, then conservatives would complain. As we now know, the most consequential species of disinformation after November 2nd would be the Stop the Steal movement. The idea behind the campaign had its origins in the 2016 election as essentially a fundraising grift from Roger Stone. Ali Alexander, who is a shithead, uh, adapted it in the wake of the 2020 election, and it wound up being a major inspiration for the January 6th Capitol riot. As we now know from a secret internal report, Facebook was aware of the Stop the Steal movement from the beginning. Quote, from Facebook. The first Stop the Steal group emerged on election night. It was flagged for escalation because it contained high levels of hate and violence and incitement, VNI, in the comments. The group was disabled and an investigation was kicked off, looking for early signs of coordination and harm across the new Stop the Steal groups that were quickly sprouting up to replace it. With our early signals, it was unclear that coordination was taking place or that there was enough harm to constitute designating the term. It wasn't until later that it became clear just how much of a focal point the catchphrase would be and that they would serve as a rallying point around which a movement of violent election delegitimization could coalesce. Mm. From the earliest groups, we saw high levels of hate, VNI, and delegitimization, combined with meteoric growth rates. Almost all of the fastest-growing Facebook groups were stopped the steal during their peak growth. Because we were looking at each entity individually, rather than as a cohesive movement, we were only able to take down individual groups and pages once they exceeded a violation threshold. We were not able to act on simple objects like posts and comments because they individually tended not to violate, even if they were surrounded by hate, violence, and misinformation. After the that capital insurrection. Like, yeah. That is such garbage. I mean, it's like, I, and I know that you have examined far more of these posts than I have in depth, but it's just yep. the the fast and looseness that people interpret, like, just, it's like freeform jazz with the way people interpret Facebook community rules, because it, I, I, I feel like... In groups like that, and in groups like less inflammatory than that, there is just constant breaking of the Facebook community rules. It's just, uh, it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're not really moderated at all. Um, no. Yeah, so... This is interesting to me for a few reasons. For one, it lays out what I suspect is the case these researchers and Facebook employees needed to believe and be able to argue in order to not hate themselves. Um, the idea yeah. that, like, we just didn't recognize it was coordinated. We thought it was all it was it was all kind of grassroots and happening like uh, uh, organically, and so it was much more complicated for us to try to deal with. I think they need to believe this. I'm going to explain why it's not a good excuse. Starting in December 2019 and going until May 2020, the Boogaloo movement expanded rapidly in Facebook groups. Incitements to violence semi-regularly got groups nuked, and members adapted new terms in order to avoid getting deplatformed. It became gradually obvious that a number of these groups were cohesive and connected, and this was revealed throughout the year in a string of terrorist attacks by Boogaloo types in multiple states. When these attacks mm -hmm. began, Facebook engaged in a much more cohesive and effective campaign to ban Boogaloo groups. The Boogaloo movement and Stop the Steal are, of course, not one-to-one -one analogs. But the fact that this occurred earlier in the same year, resulting in deaths and widespread violence, shows that Facebook fucking knew the stakes. They could have recognized right. what was going on with the Stop the Steal movement earlier, and they could have recognized that it was much likely more cohesive than it may have seemed. A decision was right. made not to do this, not to act on what they had learned earlier that year, and I would argue, based on everything else we know, that the reason why this decision was made was primarily political. Like, they didn't want to piss off conservatives, you know? Yeah, I mean, and that's... <laughs> 
That is like a criminal level of negligence. I would argue that's leaving a loaded gun with a six-year-old, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And being like, well, I was pretty sure it had a safety. Yeah. I just am like, they, like, oh, God. There's just, I miss when they were radicalized by Farmville. Yeah. Yeah. White supremacy. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the days. So my critiques aside, this internal report does provide us with a lot of really useful information, info that would have been very helpful to experts seeking to stop the spread of violent extremism online if they had had it back when Facebook found it out. So it's rad that Facebook absolutely never intended to release any of this. Isn't that cool? Isn't that That's sweet? That's really cool. That they were never going to put any of this out. There's like really useful data. I have a quote in here. I don't think I'll read it because it's a bunch of numbers and it's only really interesting to nerds about this. But about like how many of the people who get into Stop the Steal groups come in through like invites and like how many people are actually responsible for the invites, what the average number of invites per person is. Like it's really interesting stuff. I'll I'll have the links for it in there. You can read these internal Facebook posts. But like, you know what? I'll read the quote. Stop the Steal was able to grow rapidly through coordinated group invites. 67 percent of Stop the Steal joins came through invites. Moreover, these invites were dominated by a handful of super inviters. 30% of invites came from just 0.3% of inviters. Inviters also tended to be connected Whoa. to one another through interactions. They comment on, tag, and share one another's content. Out of 6,450 high engagers, 4,025, 63% of them were directly connected to one another, meaning they interacted with one another's content or messaged one another. When using the okay. full information corridor, 77% connected to one another. This suggests that the bulk of the Stop the Steal application was happening as part of a cohesive movement. This would have been great data to have in January of 2020, right? That would have been really good to know. (laughs) Yeah. That is... Oh, Speaking as a guy who but does this, this professionally, that would have been great to have. <laughs> but but no? this is all just internal, like, okay, so we know. So we know pro- this. I mean, this is like this paper Let us trail, never like, t- speak exactly of it again. The problem is. Yeah. Yeah. Now we'll deny it to anyone who alleges this while we have this excellent data that we will not Uh hand out because we're pieces of shit. Yeah. Yeah. On January 6th, Facebook employees were as horrified as anyone else by what happened in the Capitol. This horror was tweaked up several degrees by the undeniable fact that their work for the social network had helped to enable it. That it was their fault. That it was their fault. Yeah, in the the same way that, like, when I finish having a gasoline and match fight in my neighbor's house and then an inexplicable tragedy ensues, I can't help but feel somewhat responsible, you know? Wait, hold on. I'm feeling this vague melancholy. And I know it's not my fault. Don't worry. I know it's not my fault. Um, But I feel that way. Yeah. No, you just lit a match. I mean, I think we can hold the match accountable. The match is responsible. The match, the neighbor for having a house. A lot of people are to blame here. And that's on them. Exactly. And that's on them. Exactly. Exactly. So they're all horrified. Everybody's horrified. Uh, Much of the riot (laughs) itself was broadcast in a series of Facebook live streams. As Mike Pence's Secret Service detail scrambled to extricate him from the Capitol grounds, Facebook employees tried to enact their break the glass emergency measures, originally conceived for the immediate post-election period. This was too little too late. That evening, Mark Zuckerberg posted a message on Facebook's internal messaging system with the title, Employee FYI. He claimed to be horrified about what had happened and reiterated his company's commitment to democracy. Chief Uh Technology Officer Mike Schrepfer, one of the most internally respected members of Facebook's leadership, also made a post, asking employees to hang in there while the company decided on its next (laughs) steps. One employee responded- And then he played the theme from the Trolls song, like when Jeffrey Katzenberg (laughs) fired the entire- 
<laughs> Hang in there, folks. Hang in there, and folks. While you're hanging in there, here's an amazing song by Mrs. Anna Kendrick. That's right. That's what he did. Awesome. Uh, so he tells them this, uh, and an employee responds, we have been hanging in there for years. We must demand more action from our leaders. At this point, faith alone is not sufficient. Another message was more pointed. All due respect, but haven't we had enough time to figure out how to manage discourse without enabling violence? We've been fueling this fire for a long time, and we shouldn't be surprised it's now out of control. Mm-hmm. The Atlantic, yeah, I mean, fair. The Atlantic I want, has done. I want the, a, a yeah. poster with a little kitten hanging from the branch that says, "We have been hanging in there for years." That yeah, is- we, <laughs> or how about we have been fueling this fire for a long time and shouldn't be surprised <laughs> yeah. now it's now out of control? We could do that with the uh, "This is fine" meme. Yeah, <laughs> the guy yeah, sitting yeah, at the yeah, fire. Yeah. We, this is. <laughs> on us you know we shouldn't be this isn't surprising we had ample warning of the fire but hang in there that said hang hang in in there there. kiddos yeah so i think the atlantic has done some of the best reporting i found on this particular moment when mark and and shrepfer get up and like say don't worry like hang in there we love democracy and like people go (laughs) off on them january 6th like the people were like a little more open about the frustration they felt about all this stuff then, mm-hmm. And then they stopped being that open. Um, it's frustrating. And everybody's right. treating these people with kid gloves, whatever. Uh, the Atlantic has done really good uh, reporting on this on this exact moment, um, which seems to have been kind of a dam-breaking situation for unrest within the company. One employee wrote, what are we going to do differently to make the future better? If the answer is nothing, then we're just that apocryphal Einstein quote on the definition of insanity. Another added to Mike Schrepfer, please understand, I think you are a great person and genuinely one of the good people in leadership that keeps me here, but we cannot deal with fundamentally bad faith actors by using good faith solutions. Mm, um, I, yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I would also like democratic leadership to know that, but. Um, well, let's not yeah. set the bar too high. They're, they're not going to figure that out. Now, in the wake of January 6th, an awful lot of people, me included, exhaustively documented Facebook's contribution to the attack and criticized the company for enabling political violence on a grand scale. The company mm. responded the way they always respond, with lies. Mark Zuckerberg told Congress in March that Facebook, quote, did our part to secure the integrity of our election. Sheryl yeah. Sandberg, boss girl and a chief operating officer for the company, claimed in yeah, mid-January clean. that the Capitol... Yeah, Claimed in mid-January that the Capitol riot was, quote, largely organized on platforms that don't have our abilities to stop hate. Uh, oh, God. I mean, Robert, first of all, as you know, as a big Sandberg advocate, yep. you can't talk about her that way because she told women that they should negotiate their own salary. You mm-hmm. fucking loser. Did you mm-hmm. ever think about negotiating your own salary, you fucking dweeb? I, That'll be seventeen dollars, and I yeah. love that. I, I I do love that too. That's my favorite that. thing that she did. So Sandberg is a lot smarter than Mark Zuckerberg, and her statement was the very clever sort of not technically a lie that spreads a lot more disinformation than just a normal lie would ever manage. Because it's technically true that more actual organizing for the riot was done in places like Parler, as well as more private messaging apps. But it's also a lie, because the organizing of the actual movement that spawned the riot, the stop the steal shit, that was almost entirely Facebook. So like, yeah, people didn't like go and open Facebook groups and do like most of the people didn't like go in there and be like, okay, we're doing a caravan. Although some people did, and we have quotes of that. Um, okay. A lot of that happened in other apps, but like the overall would they organizing. would on those other apps if they had not first been on no, Facebook? Is that no, what you're, no, yeah. No, okay, yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. Like, that's why yeah. it's smarter than her because Mark Zuckerberg is just lying to Congress um, because <laughs> they didn't. Uh, Sheryl Sandberg God. is being very intelligent 
um, and also kind of backhandedly complimenting Facebook in its hour of most blatant failure within the United States, at least not most blatant failure. I mean, that so would be far, the ethnic cleansing. So far, I mean, but, check the date that you're listening. You know, check the date yeah. we recorded this. They we may, may have had an failed. ethnic cleansing enabled by Facebook by the time this yeah. episode drops. As of this recording, um, true. Yeah. Yeah. As of this recording of the non-ethnic cleansings and also the things that have been done in the United States that were worse that no. Facebook did, this tops the list. Does not yeah. top the list of their overall crimes, which include the deaths of tens of thousands. That um, is true. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. I, I just, I Remember felt like the need stickers? to celebrate. I do. Oh, those were nice. <laughs> those are nice. Mm-hmm. My crush used to send me those in high school, and now that website is responsible for the deaths of tens of thousands of people. Sick. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. That's so wild. what I find so utterly fascinating about the leaks we have of Facebook employees responding to their bosses on the evening of January 6th is that it makes it irrevocably, undeniably clear that Zuckerberg and Sandberg and every other Facebook mouthpiece lied when they claimed the company had no responsibility for the violence on January 6th. The people who worked th- for Facebook on the day it happened immediately blamed their own company for the carnage. Quote, mm-hmm. Really do appreciate this response, and I can imagine the stress leadership is under, but this feels like the only avenue where we opt to compare ourselves to other companies rather than taking our own lead. If our head shock, if our headsets shocked someone, would we say, well, it's still much better than PlayStation VR and its unprecedented technology? I wish I felt otherwise, but it's simply not enough to say we're adapting, because we should have adapted already long ago. The atrophy occurs when people know how to circumvent our policies and we're too reactive to stay ahead. There were dozens of Stop the Steel groups active until recently. Recently, and I doubt they minced words about their intents, intentions. Again, uh, hugely appreciate your response and the dialogue, but I'm simply exhausted by the wait here. We're at Facebook, not some naive startup. With the unprecedented resources we have, we should do better. Yeah, but I've, I've, uh, that's like part of the Zuckerberg ethos is to continue to behave like he's a move fast and break things. A good idea. Yeah, yeah, move yeah, fast yeah. and like, break or, things. Or well, or more iconically. Um, what what is his uh the quote that's on my shirt um oh. you can be unethical <laughs> You can be you unethical, can be unethical and, and not be breaking the, the law, and that's life. how I live my life. Ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, ha! What a piece that's of shit. The key, and he's still like, yeah. I mean, and I, I feel like that is wh- whatever. I, I'm sure that we've does say it so much about him because, like, a good person can say you can break the law and not be unethical, and that's how I live my life, and that's fine because the law is generally trash. Zuckerberg is specifically saying I get to be a piece of shit as long as I don't technically break the law, and because. I have money, I'm never technically breaking the law. Is that not sweet? And then don't forget, ha ha. <laughs> ha ha. <laughs> you can be unethical uh, and still be legal. That's the way I live my life. Ha ha. I'll never ha-ha. forget. I'll never forget. Never, never forget. I'm getting that tattooed on a Ugh. right above my, my come back with a warrant tramp shirt. stamp. That's, yeah. And yeah, and then and I would also recommend getting it on on the other side, right next to your Phoenix that I know you're you're planning out. Oh yeah, full back. It's actually going to be a a a perfect replica of uh of the tattoo that Ben Affleck has, and then oh. over my chest, a perfect photorealistic tattoo of Ben Affleck picking up Dunkin' Donuts and looking like he's just watched his dog shoot itself. No, <laughs> I don't. I like appreciate his devotion to Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know how he. 
I mean, I guess he's just tired because I'm like, I don't look that way at Dunkin' Donuts. No. Every picture I've seen of myself at Dunkin' Donuts, I look so happy to be there. How could you not be thrilled? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'd say it's Boston, but you're from Boston, right? I'm from Boston and I'm so happy to be there. Yeah. People keep saying, no, he doesn't look miserable. He just looks like he's from Boston. And I think he just well, is miserable. There's looks some truth miserable. to that. <laughs> there's some, okay, well, I don't go to I'm cities not like, like other Boston. girls, Robert. I don't know if you know that. I'm not like other girls. So I'm, I'm happy at the Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. Okay. Fair Fair enough. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. At the beginning, I talked about the fact that I have said I think working for Facebook is an immoral activity today, given what's known. That said, there were some points made during this employee bitch session that do make me kind of hesitant to suggest employees just bounce from the company en masse. Quote, Please continue to fight for us, uh, Shrep. This is the person talking to the the. I keep hearing Shrep. I'm sorry. You keep saying Shrep. I'm hearing Shrek. You're hearing Shrek. I know, I know, I know. Facebook engineering needs you representing our ethical standards in the highest levels of leadership. Unless Zuckwitz's products built by a cast of mercenaries and ghouls, we need to employ thousands of thoughtful, caring engineers, and it will be difficult to continue to hire and retain them on our present course. That's not a terrible point. Okay. That feels like a a half step. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's one of those things where like, on one hand, it is bad to work for a company that's entire job is to do harm at scale, which is what Facebook does. On the other hand, if they are replaced by people who don't have any ethical standards at all, that also probably isn't great. (laughs) Now, I I don't know. I would agree with that. Yeah. It's it's complicated because like, I guess you could argue that like, well, if all of the good engineers leave and they have to hire the ghouls, like it'll fall apart eventually. And I guess it's the question of like, when does the, the damage done by Facebook, like fading in popularity, hopefully eclipse mm-hmm. the damage done by the fact that everyone working there is the Blackwater equivalent of a guy coding a fucking algorithm. Like, I don't know. Right. It's not that's chicken. Ch- yeah. It's that, yeah. It's whatever. It's an, unco- it's just something to th- think about, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Facebook is having a hiring crisis right now. I think it's gotten a little better recently, um, but they've had massive shortages of engineers and failed to meet their hiring goals in 2019, 2020. I don't know if they're going to, if they have, if it's gotten better this year or not. Um, I I don't know how much any of that's going to like help uh, matters. I don't know. It seems unlikely that anything will get better anytime soon. No, I mean, yeah, I think the real solution is to make the company uh, run by even worse people who are less qualified that i don't know that doesn't that doesn't sound great either i don't know i think there are volcanoes and that probably has part of the solution to the facebook problem in it there you go cast their servers into the fires (laughs) so mark zuckerberg and his fellow nerd horsemen of the apocalypse have basically built a gun that fires automatically into a crowd called society every couple of seconds the engineers are the people who keep the gun loaded turn of phrase it's good bravo yeah Yes, yes. So the engineers, they keep the gun loaded, but also sometimes they jerk it away from shooting a child in the face. And if they leave, the the gun might run out of bullets, but it's just going to keep shooting straight until the crowd until that point. So maybe it's better to have engineers jerking. Yeah, I I had to end with a metaphor. Um, I don't know. It's complicated. Whatever. I want to end this episode. Yeah, it's it's just a mess. It's a messy thing to think about. We should never have let it get this far. No. We've been putting fuel on the fire for a while. We shouldn't be surprised surprised that it's burning everything. Um, I mean, truly, it has become, it feels like it is slowly becoming just like an annual document drop of like, yeah, yeah things uh, have uh, steadily gotten worse. Yeah, the Hill Company's pretty shitty. <laughs> yeah, Hell Company's Bad still shitty. Bad stuff at Nightmare Headline. Corp. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's uh, so bad. It's it is so really bad. bad. It's funny how bad it is. I want to end this episode with my very favorite response from a Facebook employee to that message from CTO Shrep. Uh, Facebook Shrek. employee, if you happen to be listening to this episode, please hit me up because I love you. Here it is. <laughs> Never forget the day Trump rode down the escalator in 2015, called for a ban on Muslims entering the U.S., and we determined that it violated our policies, and yet we explicitly overrode the policy and didn't take the video down. There is a straight line that can be drawn from that day to today, one of the darkest days in the history of democracy and self-governance. Would it have made a difference in the end? We can never know, but history will not judge us kindly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. They know exactly what they're doing. And we get an annual uh, mm-hmm. reminder. We get an annual little Pelican Summit drop of documents saying that, no, they still know what they're doing. They have not forgotten what they're doing. Um, I, I might suggest that overtake Are We the Baddies as like the moment you know things need to change. When when you're like, boy, I think history might judge me for my employment decisions. I think I may be damned by like the historians of the future when they analyze my role in society. Right. And it's like, if you're at that place, uh, that's not good. <laughs> that's, no. That's, that, that we've passed the point of no return, you know, like five years ago with with, yep. with Facebook. It's just good Lord. I mean, yeah. And I and I do like uh, applaud the whistleblowers and, and the people who are continuing to drop documents. And at this point, it also does just feel like, you know, getting punched in the face repeatedly because it's like, well, I'm glad that there is the paper trail. I'm glad that there's the evidence. But it's who at this point is surprised. Like there's yeah. like when people it's whatever. I mean, I technically, I think by the definition of the word, these are revelations, but they're also very much not. They're just confirmations of things that appeared very obvious based on the conduct of this company already. Yep. Yeah. Woo. 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 Jamie, do you have any uh, pl- pluggables for us? Do you, do you perhaps have a Facebook owned Instagram meta thing? <laughs> it don't yeah, we don't I mean, need to call it meta i i think no one needs to call it what they there's want only one meta and it's meta world peace wow i don't know what that is i know you don't what is that it's about it's ron artest he's a, he's a oh, basketball I, I player like... basketball player ron artest oh. changed his name to meta world peace like many years ago so he did the meta first oh. okay, <laughs> okay well all right, the metaverse was uh, already taken. I uh, you can you can uh, listen to my podcast. I got a bunch. You can listen to Bechtelcast, my Year in Mensa, Act Cast, Lolita Podcast, or none. I won't know. Uh, I'll know. You can, uh, f- so actually, Sophie will know. So maybe you better listen to them, uh, <laughs> or I'll lose my livelihood, which would be which would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could follow me on Twitter, uh, uh, Jamie Loftus Help, or Instagram. At Jamie Christ Superstar, where I uh, bravely continue to use uh, Zuckerberg's uh, tools of havoc. Yeah. Yep. Isn't it funny, Jamie, that we call it our livelihood, which is just a nicer way of saying <laughs> our ability to not starve to death in the street? Yeah. Do you- I do <laughs> like, yeah. Who, whoever, whoever back in the day rebranded uh, survival to livelihood, uh, real, mm-hmm. real genius sleight of hand. Incredible. There. This mm. is why I think we should have a program in schools where we determine which kids are going to be good at marketing and then we ship them to an island and we don't, we don't wow. think about it after that point. Into the island they go. 
It's a nice island, like a good one, like a solid island. Are you marketing the island? Uh, You're marketing the island as good. I think we we put them on an island and we divert all of the world's military forces to making sure that nothing gets to that island that isn't a marketer or leaves it. And then make sure that and and make fucking sure there's no Wi-Fi signal on the island. Oh, good God, no. Or good, we're absolutely or we're not. Absolutely fucked. No. Once a day, they can watch Shark Tank together. But that's all oh, they're God. getting. Oh, that, sound, that actually kind of sounds nice. Living on an island and watching <laughs> one episode of Shark Tank a day. <laughs> that's like, that's my like dream lobotomy. That's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. <laughs> that's the episode. Well, Robert. Jamie, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I feel like, you know, I, I am feeling just kind of a, a low thrumming of despair. Uh, but but I have felt Good. Yeah, that's worse. right. That's how you're supposed I, to feel. I have felt worse at the end of this show, uh, which I don't know if that says more about like my threshold for despair or, you know, it happens to be a coincidence. But, you know, um, I, I, I'll i say I'm hanging in there, but also I've been hanging in there for years. Yeah, yeah. that's all you can do is hang in there. Yeah. Keep hanging. in. Are you hanging in there, Robert? Uh, Allegedly. Yeah. I mean, by all accounts, you're hanging in there. But like internally, there's no who could say. <laughs> No, no, I'm, 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 I'm as unmoored and adrift as the rest of us are in these. Yeah, in I'm these. gonna. When I visit, I'm gonna show you pin, and I really think you're gonna like it. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. Well, ho- huzzah. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education that empowers communities. Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.